but there was a celebrity race several years ago, and it was a bunch of people like me uh, in a harness race, but it wasn't full-size horses. It was uh, miniature horses. Oh, it's, it's even better. A bunch of little Sebastians, and you like had to whip them? This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Hello, podcast family. Welcome back to another award-winning episode. That kind of thing. Today, we will be joined by two very special guests. One, George Jetson from Orbit City, and the other, an unnamed being from the alien planet Kepler-186F. I wonder if they sell sheets and giggles on Kepler. Maybe. Also, I have an update on my racehorse, Conley. Many of you have asked, what color is the filly? The answer is bae it. But first, let's get to another Three Facts Jack. Will it be the best edition ever? You never know. But I think it will be the best ever. And you know it. Greg? Yes? I'm afraid for the future. Are you? I'm afraid for the present. But did they find the first robot ever created to do the AI for your voice? (laughs) I think they did. (laughs) (laughs) Izzy Gutierrez, we're we're sorry you had to uh, listen, listen through that. You know, in my mind the entire time, I'm just concerned. I've been concerned ever since all this AI stuff has been you know real i've been concerned when you know just papers are getting written by you know chat gpt but now like i playfully like asked it to write a podcast episode for me the other day and it did and i'm telling you i know it feels like certain times we're um we're (laughs) in a movie but i've never felt more like i'm in a movie than right now 2023 and i don't like where this plot is headed yes i i don't either and ai (laughs) is putting people out of work like like it's it suits itself to certain types of jobs that literally are uh, eliminating and replacing human beings. So it's it's scary, man. It, it's and, and the reason we did that little parody of a of an AI thing is that um, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast was sort of victimized, if that's the right word, by uh, an AI imposter. So it it's uh, yeah, it's crazy right now. But um, Izzy, you you were in Atlanta. Tell us why and uh, and um, and go from there. I am in Atlanta for this Boston and Atlanta playoff series. Um, we'll see if it's interesting. We'll see if there's anything worthy there uh, okay. to really write about. But I'm also doing some more reporting on. Um, I always get the joke about uh, the Thompson twins uh, by the pop art, <laughs> the pop act from the 80s. But the Thompson twins are a couple of twins that are going to be drafted in a probably top eight this right. year in the draft. And so I've, I've worked on one story on them wrote it sort of an introductory thing back in uh, September and just following up with them and kind of hanging out with them at the game tonight as well. We're recording on Friday. So Friday right. game three. And yeah, that's why I'm here. The um, Thompson twins big hit was hold me now. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, give us a little, how a little bar. How, how a few bars, would you? <laughs> hold me now. There it is. Whoa. Oh, there we okay. go. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, won't um, you stay with me? 
There we go. Uh, okay, I, 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 I can't get part. that high. <laughs> I haven't gotten that high since college. But um, but seriously, uh, Izzy, the now the, the the problem with doing this today is that we come out Monday, so a, a game or two will have been mm-hmm. played all around the NBA. So it's tough to say too much. But if the Heat lose in the first round to Milwaukee, what do you see for the Heat off season? You know, there's all these Damian Lillard rumors and constant speculation. It seems like they have to do something, right? They, it, it seems like the team as built, and everybody will talk about last year coming one shot from the finals, but it seems like the team as built isn't going to be much better than it is right now. Yeah, I mean, if, even if you were to match them up with that same Celtics team that they were one shot away from, the Celtics team is better. You know, Malcolm Brogdon's there. They're better. And so um, I don't, and I think what, what, what the Heat um, sort of, had play out was was exactly and it's very rarely happens this way it's exactly what the fans told them was going to happen you made no changes you made no real adjustments uh, to the roster um you're not going to be as good and you're gonna you know some people that were being honest with themselves would say they're gonna struggle to make the playoffs and that's exactly what happened so you can't for another year then say okay this similar this same core group or you know top eight is going to work for us again let's run it back you can't do that again and so there has to be some major changes now you look at the obvious places, I think, you know, I don't think anybody wants Kyle Lowry uh, around here for any sort of, you know, relying, you don't want to rely on him, I guess. Um, you know, Tyler, you're probably going to have around, but you're going to dangle him in a trade as well. But I think where you have to go in this scenario is if you are saying to yourself, all right, our best chance of winning a championship is with Jimmy Butler as our main player, then basically this becomes the offseason where everybody's on the table. That includes Bam. Um, and Personally, and I think they're cheering pretty hard probably for the Sixers to get ousted early because, um, you know, you know, the relationship with Jimmy and, you know, he said, you know, Miami needs another star. And, you know, he has been through a lot with Philadelphia to the point where if he's actually asked out after all these years, they're probably going to be like, I guess we have to. You're talking about Embiid? Embiid, excuse me, Embiid. They've put uh, they've put him through so much over there. And so if they get if he can't get past the second round again with this group. Uh, that had what the third, second best record in the league. Um, then I think he's going to ask out. So I think that's something to keep on the radar. Um, Damian Lillard, uh, obviously another one, um, just because you know great scorer and probably exactly you know the type of loosening up the offense that uh, Jimmy would need to to really thrive. So I just think what happens is anything and everything, and it's just going to be all right. That run with that core seems to have expired and we're all gonna we're gonna see what pieces we want to keep and what get us the best return and frankly i mean i'd go as far as to say i don't even think jimmy is off the table like jimmy has you know done great things for this organization but has he peaked has he you know run his course is he you know wanting to try it somewhere else because he feels like maybe you know i've done what i can here and we'll see what happens somewhere else. So I think just a lot is on the table uh, for the offseason. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. By the way, the uh, the voice missing here is uh, is Christopher, who was in Orlando. Uh, how dare mm-hmm. he take a, a week off on vacation? But he's uh, in Orlando fighting through uh, Ron DeSantis' picket line to get into Disney World. So we're going to call him maybe a little bit <laughs> a little bit later. Uh, Izzy, I want to ask you about uh, some some serious stuff going on in the world. <laughs> as I laugh at the idea of Ron DeSantis <laughs> actually pick, picketing outside Disney World, which mm-hmm. I would not put it past him. This is a crazy time. Kid Rock is shooting cases of beer <laughs> with an AR-15. 
15 to broadcast his bigotry. Laws are marginalizing trans people. Uh, DeSantis is threatening to build a prison next to Disney World after Disney announces a Pride Night. DeSantis wants to make it illegal in the dystopian state of Florida for a gay guy to put on a Darley Parton wig and entertain people at a drag show. It's just an insane time right now. And it feels to me like the LGBTQ community is under siege. And I'm wondering what it feels like to you. Uh, Dehumanizing is the first word that comes to mind because I grew up in a situation where, you know, you think people will eventually educate themselves, right? You get to a point where it's like, okay, there's progress. People actually know, hey, it's not a choice. I am born this way. Hey, there's songs written about it. Hey, that, that makes me comfortable. I'm good. We can sort of continue to evolve. And then you see what's going on now. And it's just like, no, there people are actively choosing to go the opposite route to forget everything that they've learned and just say whatever, you know, they think. And there's another law I saw that was um, proposed that is just flat out allowing sort of religious rights in terms of deciding whether or not you can provide a doctor can provide health care, which is obviously directed at LGBTQ people and probably women as well in terms of uh, whether it be, you know, reproductive rights and everything else. And so, I mean, think about that. Like, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, my primary doctor is part of a team of doctors, very LGBTQ friendly. Like, uh, you know, I've lived in Fort Lauderdale. It's arguably the gayest place in America. And so (laughs) I'm not that worry hands on in terms of like, you know, somebody doing that to me or denying me medical care. But the idea that that's even possible, the idea that like you're just, oh, like I'm just not one of you anymore. Like I, I can't get, you know, a prescription for what's ailing me. Why exactly? Like I'm going to need you to explain that to me like I'm a five year old because right. it's really just a matter of you being uncomfortable or not knowing or not putting any effort into understanding. Like Jesus, like that the human race is a complicated thing. It's not as simple as people understand it. Uh, it might be or think that it is. And so to me, it's just it's dehumanizing, but it's also ridiculously frustrating because you hear a lot of people, you know, talk about it. And I'm glad you bring it up. And you're one of the few people that, you know, outwardly uh, openly speak about these things, even though I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you have any like immediate LGBT people in your in your immediate family, but uh, I appreciate, you know, every time you bring it up. But I, I, I think about people who it doesn't affect. Right. So I have friends who, you know, maybe aren't involved in politics or, you know, understandably want to stay away from that. Right. And don't even want to tip, dip their toes in. And they live in Florida and they don't even know what the don't say gay bill is. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. And it's like and they don't even know what DeSantis is doing. And it's just like if it doesn't affect you directly, you are just oblivious. Sometimes not everybody, but some people are oblivious. They just don't care. Maybe they'll say some things and say the right things. Oh, that's so terrible. But they just go around uh, about their day. And so that part to me is what is, I don't know if it's frustrating, if it's scary, if it's what, you know, it it makes everybody, it makes me feel like everybody has to be responsible for their own, you know, livelihood and their own freedom, which they should be. But like, in front of the masses. Like I, I feel like I'm just a regular pull every single day to just want to, you know, scream and say something, you know, um, that you would think people would understand and, and already do understand, but they don't, but I don't do that. Right. Cause that's not my spot. It's not my right. position. And yeah. it's just, honestly, it's, it's frustrating. It's tiring and it's, it's demoralizing. And it's just every, every day, Greg, like every single day when I'm getting ready for work or if I'm prepping, 
for work and I'm just, you know, whether it be on Twitter, I'm searching for stuff, I automatically come across something that is just wildly depressing. Yeah. And it's like, it seems targeted like to me and my people. And it's just like, right, right. it's unbelievably frustrating. And, you know, you can't bail. I'm not going to move out of Florida. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. Um, but, you know, I think at some point I've got to, you know, I think to answer your question, I feel like where it gets me is like, I've got to take a more active role in making sure that this doesn't continue in this route, uh, you know, for generations to come. It's interesting to me as something I was thinking about this week was, Compared to when I was younger, I mean, I'm also someone you you mentioned the the people who maybe these things don't directly affect. You know, I was in my early 20s before I knew that gay marriage wasn't allowed. Mm -hmm. it, it was because I had so little exposure to anyone from that community. I think I knew two people out of the closet before I was 20, and I didn't know them until I was like 18. Mm -hmm. Um, and 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 so. Like, I just didn't know that it wasn't allowed until early twenties and, and people started bringing it up as, Hey, let's, let's make this legal. There's you know no reason for it not to be, et cetera. So that was, a, that was, you just don't think about it when it's never a thing, when it's never put in front of you. But uh, for me, from the time I started kind of learning about other people and being <laughs> mildly less naive, it's this weird thing because in so much of the country, there's been so much progress made, like the fact that gay marriage is legal that there is more representation in popular culture. People are less afraid to be out. People are less afraid to write those storylines into their, into their TV shows and movies, et cetera, or even just feature them in, in ads. Like when I fly right. Delta, there's a poster in the jetway of two men who are presumably in a relationship. Yep. And it's still new enough mm -hmm. of a thing where that stands out to me. It's just flying Delta today. And so I thought that exact same thing. But like, so, so much progress made, but then there's this such a deep dividing line and such a loud, angry shout back. That's what it is. It's just, a, it's a divide. Eddie. It's that Cause so like I talked to, you know, uh, his name's Tony Pontoro. He used to be uh, he's, I think, vice president in charge of marketing at Anheuser-Busch. So, and this, and, and he, so, you know, the Bud Light controversy with the, um, whether it be the partnership with the the trans uh, woman or just the just flat out the flags on the on the cans you know it's it's a big controversy that's the whole kid rock shooting up uh that moron shooting up uh <laughs> beers but the gap that i'm talking about is between those of us who just kind of understand that this is life and we have to you know sort of uh slowly just get people to understand what that is like they've been doing this for years man they've been putting in ads in in magazines that they've got huge blowback for just because it had a pride flag on it they've been doing you know normalizing as much as possible gay relationships like that you know the delta ad that you see in the in the jetway they've you know maybe a gay couple in a, in a beer ad or something like that just something to slowly i don't know if indoctrinate's the right word but just kind of get people to understand like hey this is this is real life and and what where that gap is just those people who are just deciding that no, like I refuse to learn or adjust. Like I, I don't want to know what's going on. You guys aren't smarter than me. You guys aren't more evolved than me. I'm going to keep dig my heels in and stay here. And, and and that's really what that is. And what's happening is you're just getting louder voices on that side, more empowered voices on that side, uh, for whatever reason. And you know, you talk about the um the Pride Night situation, right? It used to be a given, like hey, just quick pride night, throw this flag on your jersey, whatever. It's a show of support. Now you've got all these folks or a handful of folks, I shouldn't say all these folks, a handful of folks refusing to wear them, whether it be for religious reasons uh, or for, you know, uh, even uh, political reasons like uh, in hockey, where you know, if you're from Russia, you know, you show silent support, maybe there might be some backlash there. And so to me, like just taking out the, you know, the 
political part in terms of internationally with Russia and all that stuff. I know that's that's a little bit more complicated, but I don't know if you guys watch, uh, what was it called? Welcome to Wrexham, the Wrexham show with uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds and, and all them. Mm-hmm. And that um, that sort of reminded me just sort of the purity of sport, right? Why we do this, why sports is what it is. And it's not us. It's not the whole Jerry Seinfeld thing of like, hey, we're just cheering for laundry. It's a feeling of community right? Like that's where it starts, you know, whether it be your rec league team or whether it be your perfect, like you grow up and that team is representing you, your city, your family, everybody around you. And that sense of community and support is something that's, it helps communities grow and it helps sport grow. And frankly, it's just a symbiotic relationship, right? And so when people talk about, hey, don't bring politics into my sport, when you're wearing that flag, all you're doing, man, is just showing a support for somebody in your community that needs that support. That's it. Right. Just the same way we support you and all your endeavors and everything else. And you guys are, you know, the men and women, you guys are the best, you know, supporting us as a city and representing us. Just do me a favor and represent all of us. Right. You know, because we're here too. And that's all, that's all we're asking for is like, you don't even have to join in the fight. All you're doing by wearing that is recognizing that there are people in your community that need this type of support. And, 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 and that you're okay with them acknowledging that. That's it. That's all you're doing. You're just kind of giving everybody a giant hug. And I think that's what sports is all about. Exactly. It's supposed to be so unifying and not dividing. And I think, you know, folks who, who decide to do this are just doing the exact opposite of what it kind of has been invented for. Uh, two or three years ago, you two, the, the rock group, wrote a, a song about crumbling democracy in America called... Um, get out of your own way. And one of the lines in that song is that uh, love has to fight for its survival. And I happen to be born straight, and the and that makes me no better than anybody else. And, and the idea that had I been born gay, I would have been feeling like you feel about just the inhumanity of all this. And I get so angry with the Kid Rocks and the bigots out there who assume that they're better than anybody else with no cause whatsoever. You know, we're, we're, we're all supposed to be equal and, and, you know, not, not to get religious and, and Yeti is more religious than I for sure. But I believe the Bible says, love thy neighbor. And no matter who your neighbor is. And guys, like the thing that I don't want to, I don't want to like fight. I don't even want to argue, you know, like, cause I, I know plenty of people who are LGBT people who are, you know, very religious and very much, you know, into the, into the the Catholic or Christian church. And so like that to me is not like, I think it becomes a side argument and just kind of like, you can't even focus on what you're actually talking about. I'm just trying to live day to day. Like that's all I'm trying to do. And so like everything from, from just having friends is a challenge because here I'm 45 year old years old. I'm in a relationship. I have no kids, probably won't have any kids at this point. Um, the relatability, like when I talk, when you talk about like just hanging out with people, like when you get to a certain point, you have kids. What are all the conversations about? They're about the damn kids, right? <laughs> like, and so like, I, I, you know, you find yourself kind of lost in some of those relationships. Maybe some of those kind of drift away and you just don't realize, and you just realize it's like, yeah, it's just, it's because I'm gay. It's because of my relationship. It's because it's just a lack of, you know, comfort or whatever. And it's like, it's all right. It's, it's not ideal. I wish I had, you know, closer friends, you know, more of them. And I, I do. It's just not. It's just not as you know the type of relationships that I would want. And it's just because you know people drift and, and stuff happens. And you know, like even even within the community, like it's hard to to have close friends. And and like this is way too deep in, in this conversation. But it's hard to have like close friends. And and 
like maybe some of them are thinking it's more than a friendship. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot to unravel when, you, when you're, I'm just living my life. I'm just trying to be like everybody else. And there's just little things that people don't realize that, you know, I have to go through. And then on top of that, to just have, you know, this whole faction of people just telling you that you're not human and that you're, you know, all these things are going to happen to you. And it's just like, man, look, I try to keep as big a picture as possible. Like the world, like we've seen civilizations crumble. Like we've seen, you know, all this stuff has happened all over and over and over again. And the one thing that like we've been consistent on as a, as a, as a civilization is just we evolve. And so hopefully we'll keep evolving. Uh, but it's just a, sh- I mean, pardon my French, but it's just a shitty time to be, um, right. you know, <clears throat> to be a minority, specifically my minority, but like so many minorities, cause I'm dealing with what I can speak to, but, um, so many minorities right now, but like, no, like so many are just being outwardly attacked and it's just, it sucks. Yeah. It, it's one thing, um, you know, you expect the, the rogue crackpot, the, the kid rock, Sure, you know, there, there are going to be people who are not enlightened and don't want to be and are actively unenlightened. It's demoralizing to me that it's coming from the government, that it's systemic, you know, that this hatred uh, and, and these laws working against so many of the people are coming from the government, you know, not from crazy fringe groups, but from the government itself. And, and that's what lazy government. Yeah. That's, that's what it is, right? Lazy government, because like you want to just talk about the trans bill that, you know, probably won't get through the Senate. But go look at the research the Canadians have done on this. Right. And you don't even need to do your own. Just read it and provide it for everybody else. And you'll realize that there's medical proof that there is no keep it simple. Hey, boys with boys, girls with girls. We've known that all along. And it's just like, you know, it's just roll your eyes, lazy and and frustrating. Right. I, I mean, there's an entire uh, I, I, I'm playing a flag football league. I know plenty of trans people and they are fearful for their existence. And that shit is crazy. It's nuts. Yeah, it's just it, it's totally unfair and un-American, really. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is this is the land that's supposed to welcome everybody. And and now it's it's alienating its own people. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to talk about Sheets and Giggles. Sheets and Giggles has been a wonderful sponsor of ours so far. We love this relationship, but what we love even more than the relationship and friendship with them are the sheets. I just spent three nights in Nashville, and there was a noticeable difference in the bedding there compared to my sheets and my pillow and my comforter from Sheets and Giggles. I'm not saying that the cotton sheets in Nashville were so rough they'd make someone bleed. I'm just saying they are nowhere near as soft as what I have from Sheets and Giggles. They're just soft. They're soft on my bed. They're soft on my butt. And you know what else they're soft on? The environment. We're recording this the day before Earth Day, and Sheets and Giggles takes care of the environment. They plant new eucalyptus trees for every one they cut down. I think it's two to one. Eucalyptus also uses 96% less water than cotton, and they don't use pesticides or insecticides, so they're not pumping all those chemicals into the environment. They're just a great company. So here's what I want you to do. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash Greg and find some sheets, find some comforters, pillows, even find a new bed. Use promo code SCOOPS and you can get 20% off of your order right now. So go do it. You will sleep better. You'll be happier. Other things may improve in your life. And uh, so just go now. Greg, what do you have to say about it? Well, Yeti, uh, I just wanted to verify something I heard from you and just to make sure because it surprised me. I believe I heard you say that some 
ordinary cotton sheets are so rough that they make you bleed. Is that correct? <laughs> I mean, I haven't done anything, um, you know, worthy of uh, making that happen yet. But okay. uh, <laughs> I'm just verifying. <laughs> I'm a gentle guy. Only, only but, the thin-skinned ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just saying it could. I'm just saying it could, but I guarantee it won't happen in a set of sheets and giggles. So go now. Sheetsgiggles.com slash Greg. Promo code SCOOPS. Support our show. Let them know you love us, and they will let you know what a good night's sleep is. Okay. All right. Um I, I have to, people are tired of my racehorse calmly by now. I know you are. I know you are. You just, <laughs> but calmly actually ran this week. I just indulged me here. Calmly finished fourth in a race in Lyon, France. And here's what interested me about it. And, and I wish this were true in American sports. Okay. My racehorse finished a somewhat disappointing fourth. And the president of the racing syndicate who owns calmly threw the jockey under the bus. Okay, and and I will. Oh, no. no, this is great. I, I love this honesty. So he just walked. The, the, that's right. This is what the president <laughs> of the horse racing syndicate said about the jockey aboard calmly in that race. It's a filly. Her rider immediately took her to the back where she stayed for most of the race. He acted as though he was thinking about trying to make up some ground while wide around the first turn, but he never really followed through. At the point of the bend curving for home, he took the filly widest of all in the field, and she lost momentum. So he's mm. basically saying, man, our jockey really blew it. Our, our jockey did not give calmly a chance to win that race and uh and so is this you basically announcing that same thing by criticizing <laughs> the right. uh yes the okay that's correct Can we go back a little bit because i think yeti i think we just have to acknowledge that greg i don't think greg you even noticed it that when you said that you someone threw or the owner threw the jockey under the bus yeti came with the joke that implied that he would be just fine because he would not be hurt because he's a small jockey and there's no problem with him just walking under the bus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That would be a really, really small jockey. That would be like a, a that was worth revisiting. Yeah, you're funny. right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of horses, um, there's a racehorse in Ohio named back in my day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I did not notice this, but it's a it's a horse called back in my day who actually won the 14th race this week at mgm highland park racetrack just outside cleveland but i didn't know this but i researched it a little bit and it turns out that's harness racing now yeti you you hadn't even Tell, what what is harness racing because i don't know okay harness racing is where the jockey is not on top of the horse the jockey is sitting in like a a little carriage in back of the horse being pulled by the wait, horse. Wait, wait. so like ben-hur style <laughs> well it, yes it, yeah it's not quite a chariot it's not quite a ben-hur chariot it's a little more modest than a uh, than a chariot but yeah so do you have to be a, a small light person to ride those as well or does it not matter as much i'm assuming weight matters right you know what i'm is i'm not sure that's a very good question mm -hmm. i don't know uh i happen to have won a harness race in my checkered career wait what uh, yeah. Wait, wait. At which part? Were you the horse? Were you the jockey? Or did you own the horse? <laughs> I was the jockey in, in Ben Hur's chariot. And it was at Pompano Park. Uh as you know, Pompano Park is is a harness track mm -hmm. in, in northern Broward. Um and and uh there was a celebrity, it must have been a really bad celebrity race to have me in it, but there was a celebrity race several years ago, and it was a bunch of people like me uh in a harness race, but it wasn't full size horses, it was uh, miniature horses. Oh, it's it's even better. A bunch of little Sebastians, and you like had to whip them. <laughs> right, that's right. 
Yeah, and and I found out that miniature horses are not ponies. Like miniature horses are full grown horses, but small. No, yeah. And so I won the race. And you know, you're so you to... mistreated the animal the most. Baby. <laughs> well, there, there was controversy after that because um, in a harness race, you're supposed to um, go a, a, a trot. They call it trotting. Mm-hmm. They they call the horses trotters, and and you're not supposed to like you know hit the horse with a crop and get it into a full stride you're supposed to keep it at a trot and apparently my horse was going too fast uh through no fault of my own but uh right. so how fast so are they're race go? walkers then they're like chris paul right they just can't <laughs> that's right yeah a lot of hips involved big horse hips going back and forth hmm. that's exactly right uh um, how fast does this go greg oh i have no is idea is it really just like a walk in the park the, or is there some wind har- harness horses are not nearly as fast as thoroughbreds like calmly would lap a harness horse uh, mm. i dare say so right but are you, are you are you like going like where you could run alongside the horse and cat and keep up or would it outrun you at in harness racing it it would not outrun a young fit person probably it probably, <laughs> yes, probably anything, would outrun everything's me. gonna outrun you sorry that's right <laughs> <laughs> it would not outrun israel gutierrez i don't imagine young mm. and fit not, but, not until my Achilles blows. Um, was Edwin Pope upset that he finished second? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think Levitard might have been in that race, actually. Oh, no. Yeah. Greg, you have to have pictures Come of this. On. I know Dave Barry was in it. I remember him. <laughs> and there were a couple of I, local I, TV guys. Uh, but I, I, don't I know. want Dave Barry's description of this race. We, we'll have to get him on okay. again yeah, soon. Yeah, we should. We sh- you should do a, a back in my day where you just say, harness racing and you just say <laughs> back in my day dan levitard and i competed in a harness race and then just stop talking and see how many questions show up <laughs> i need i need pictures of this greg do you have any pictures i do have a, a photo of me uh i can actually show it to you if you want of course he only has the one of him as the champion he doesn't <laughs> he's cropped oh, everyone yeah. else out <laughs> i just i just happen to have it handy uh, <laughs> poor little sebastian oh my gosh what <laughs> You made that thing run for you? Yes. That is so adorable. <laughs> wow. That is 5,000 candles in the wind worthy. Oh, my gosh. No, that was fun. Uh, that had to be 10 oh. years ago. Wow. Um, 10? Greg, that 10. was at least 25. 10. That photo paper like, was no longer made 10 years ago. That's true. This, <laughs> this, this photo was raised in a chemical bath, ladies and gentlemen. Um, okay. So I am a hardest champion. I don't know how else to put it. I hate to brag. Hmm. Um, oh, that's incredible. The last podcast ended with Yeti saying that, darn, I didn't even have time to tell you about my grandma's sex dream. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> mm. well, so you waited for me. Great. Yeah, so I, for, you know, my grandma, if she ever had a sex dream, never would have thought to share it with me. And so I don't know what's weirder, that grandma had a sex dream or that she shared it with Yeti. Well, it's, it's implied. We aren't, we aren't certain. So, so she is currently on hospice care. Um, oh, so she her. is, if she makes it, she'll be 91 on May 5th. Okay. Baby. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. So grandma, grandma, um, uh, her <laughs> husband, my, my, my mom's dad, uh, passed away at the end of 2019. Um, I think he was 91 as well. And so she broke her hip several weeks ago. And that of course has started the, the downturn. And so she's 91, she's in the nursing home. She's, you know, doesn't have long left, you know, but you know, so her brain is kind of in and out. She's had some conversations with people who we don't see things like that. And my mom went over 
And when mom texted this to us, she said, grandma said that, um, that grandpa came and slept with her na- last night. And I was like phrasing, but way to go grandma, you know? <laughs> so then when I was talking with my mom about the phrasing, I was like, that was really bad phrasing. She's like, I don't know. I walked in and she said, and guess what? Your daddy slept with me last night. And I'm like, grandma, <laughs> what? Whoa! Wow. I think she may have had herself a little uh, a little sex dream, but still, way to go, Grandma! Okay, you know. <laughs> hey, if you're all gonna right. have imaginary friends, you might as well go all the way. You know what I'm saying? You're dang right. Let's go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, What's the harm? Right. Okay. Um, I want to do dad jokes, and uh, and then I want to do three facts, Jack, and then we'll probably wrap it up because it feels like uh, we'll be it'll be right around. Mm-hmm. Feels like we'll yeah. Um, dad jokes. And and feel free because I'm I'm a little worried about these dad jokes. Uh, a month or so ago, Yeti nailed all three of them, and I threatened to retire the bit if that ever happened again. So I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, what do you call a pig who loves sports? Mm. You got me. A ball hog. Ah, mm, I like that one. I okay, like I like that. What ha- This is an all animal edition, by the way. What happened when okay. the dog swallowed a clock? Mm. It got ticks. He got ticks. <laughs> Dumb. And and this is my personal favorite. What do you call two birds stuck together? I don't know. Velcros. <laughs> <laughs> that got a genuine laugh out of Israel Gutierrez. Much to Chris's chagrin, the, the, the dad jokes survive again yes. another week. Excellent. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Right, hit us up with the three facts jack music. Let's go. There are three things that interest him, so sit right back for three facts, Jack. Number three. Washington, D.C. is known for its cherry blossoms. The U.S. Capitol is home to some 3,800 cherry trees, but less celebrated, the cherry blossom capital of America with 350,000 Yoshino cherry trees is Macon, Georgia with more than twice hmm. as many cherry trees as residents. Yeti, did you know that? Greg, I've been to D.C. a I ton did. of times, never once. Like, I've probably seen the trees, but now that I think about it, never once have I, like, picked a cherry off of a tree and eaten one. <laughs> can, can and you? I've never seen anybody else do that either you know, I'm, in D.C. I know nothing about cherry blossom trees. To me, it's just a pretty flowering tree. Does it actually grow mm-hmm. cherries? I didn't even know. I don't know. That's, I would just see being like a misnomer if it if it doesn't. Let's so. take a road trip to Macon. <laughs> let's all meet in Macon. In fact, Izzy, after the game, after the Hawks game, uh, drive to Macon Steve. for us as our special correspondent and check out some of their three hundred fifty thousand <laughs> Yoshino cherry trees and report back. Would you mind doing that? Let's see. Macon, Georgia, is about seventy-seven miles yeah, from geez. here. It's an hour and forty-one minutes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I will not. Okay. I will not. <laughs> do that. Okay. Number two. Why is America's iconic red condiment called ketchup, or sometimes catsup? Hmm. The answer. About three hundred B.C., long before tomatoes were used, Chinese cooks concocted a paste that looked dark as soy sauce, but had a flavor not unlike what we squeeze onto a burger today. That paste was known in various dialects as Kochiup or Ketsiap, from which the modern ketchup name was derived and survives. I had no idea. That's very well pronounced, by the way, I think. I think, I think. so, too. Um, <laughs> I would have no, no way of knowing. <laughs> well, you know, that can but um, the, uh, the Chinese, I don't know if it's just the Chinese or if it's another Asian country, but uh, King of the Pastes 
in terms of uh cooking with and yeah. like shrimp paste which i don't know what in the world shrimp paste is but i feel <laughs> yeah. like it's used very commonly pretty good it is pretty good i love i love some of those uh pastes in a little jar like uh real real thick oh, i love all that stuff and number one former president james madison and his wife dolly helped popularize ice cream in america in the early 1800s their preferred tastes would not go over today however their favorite flavors included chestnut asparagus and parmesan dolly madison's personal favorite ice cream flavor oyster what oyster ice cream <laughs> exactly okay. asparagus ice cream yeah Ch Ugh. chestnut was okay but, but asparagus what was the other one it was uh, chestnut parmesan asparagus. and oyster parmesan yeah i mean then, i could i could go for a parmesan ice cream i had a, a popcorn ice cream uh, at a restaurant which huh. once was, was amazing but Ooh, that sounds um, good actually man no it is really good oyster and asparagus yeah i tell you man i don't, I don't make know. them up that's divorce material that's <laughs> i'm a little like ross from friends in that like i don't dislike ice cream but it's not my favorite because it, it hurts my teeth oh <laughs> really <laughs> Oh, yeah. wow. I mean, you know, it's, I got a little sensitivity on the teeth, but yeah. it's not enough to like keep me away from ice cream. But if I had a choice, I'd stay away from the super cold stuff. I love ice cream. I, I hate to have it in the house because I can go through a half gallon of ice cream in like three days, you know, just like five mm -hmm. big scoops yeah. at a time. It's just, it's bad for me. Uh, by the way, I have a broken toe. I'd like to announce I broke my... Uh, Hold up, Greg. I have my own three facts, Jack. Oh, wow. There are three things that interest him. So sit right back for three facts, Jack. Is one of those facts Greg's broken toe? Because I feel like that should be like high on the list. It should have been one of your three facts, Greg. It should have. I, know, I thought it was it a little too been. personal. A little personal. <laughs> Number one. So, you know, th this uh, this past Thursday was 420, you know, internationally known as a day to uh, for all marijuana users to fire up and, and have themselves a good old time april 22nd is national prescription drug take back day so <laughs> is this is, what i what i'm not sure about hmm. is 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 this where like you, if you tried something out on 420 you didn't like it you can give it back to your dispensary i don't know <laughs> but the, the real root of it is is it's a place for if you have unused uh, medications you have a safe way to dispose of them hmm. so they don't end up in our water supply and other places like who that. knew um number two uh, last week, we recorded on April 14th, and I mentioned this to Greg. On April 14th, three terrible things at least have happened in history. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln was shot on April 14th. Uh, April 14th, a dif different year, the Dust Bowl came in and 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 started driving the, the people from Oklahoma from their homes. And on April 14th, the Titanic hit the iceberg. All three things happened on April 14th. I mm -hmm. learned about that through uh, the um, Americana artist Gillian Welch through her songs Ruination Day, part two, I think, and another one called uh, uh, April 14th on her album, incredible album, Time the Revelator. There's something that has happened for the last, the last, I want to say, 20 or so, April 14th, is I say, shit, I got to do my taxes. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, that's true. That's yeah, another, another Ruination Day, which it means even more if you knew how my dad passed away. That's um, another story for another time. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> and number three, so a lot of sand, um, especially in Hawaii, is actually poop from parrotfish. Scientists <laughs> estimate that up to 70% of the sand on white sandy beaches in the Caribbean and Hawaii have been excreted by parrotfish. A large adult parrotfish can excrete over a ton of sand per year. That's one fish can do over a ton every year. Wow. And areas that have parrotfish produce more sand than similar areas with few or no parrotfish. 
Wait. So this is why I haven't been to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> they eat the I. coral and they poop it out, and eventually that turns into the you know the sand that in a lot of these areas like the Caribbean and Hawaii that you end up rolling around in parrotfish poop. So a parrotfish mm. uh, excretes how much poop in a year? How many pounds? One could do up to a ton, which is two thousand pounds. Okay. of of sand. What do you figure a human poop a being uh, poops in a year in terms of pounds? We'll save that for next week's three facts, Jack. Greg. Well, uh, yeah, it's probably not a subject we want to think about too much. But um, Izzy, do you have a fact? One fact that's whack regarding Greg's toe. Well, I've had a dislocated uh, pinky toe since two thousand nine, and I'd never gotten it fixed because the doctor said uh, it was the, the Heath's uh, podiatrist said uh if you can withstand the pain you don't have to actually get that thing fixed and it really? doesn't really hurt so i just got a toe that just doesn't move it just kind of sticks to my other toe like so, this so it's your pinky toe your your small toe it's my pinky toe. yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I, I broke the the small toe on my right foot by running into the corner of a wall and uh the wall mm. won who won the wall won <laughs> and um the the thing that worries me it, it's so painful that i can't put on a shoe like i can't drive a car right now because it's just I, I can walk around in barefoot and it's just mild pain but when i put on a shoe it's excruciating um but the thing that worries me is that it's swollen and it's turning red up a little bit up the foot like it's not just the toe itself that's red mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. the area north of the foot yeah you broke it yeah <laughs> so I, I don't know i, I may go, i may go to the emergency room tomorrow just to make sure that he'll won't tell me in two weeks i wouldn't i wouldn't go to the emergency room i would go to a foot specialist the emergency room is not going to be uh where you get the best treatment really? there also i would definitely do lebitard show in open-toed shoes on tuesday oh that's a good idea <laughs> i need to buy some open-toed shoes i don't have any of those do your toenails no. make you more afraid to go to the doctor and reveal yourself yes <laughs> <laughs> is that why you haven't been to the doctor yet <laughs> Uh, well, I, I go to the doctor. Greg, given your recent cellulitis and everything, you should probably go to the doctor. Oh Get yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, we're we're good on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Christopher one more try. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Can you hear us? I can hear you. I'm here with Yeti and uh, the great Israel Gutierrez. How you doing? Doing all right. When I'm a man that's I'm a man that's been at a theme park for five straight days, so the dogs are barking, <laughs> to say the least. I hear that. <laughs> um, when you uh, when you first went to um, Disney World, did you have to go through a, a picket line organized by Ron DeSantis, the governor of the dystopian state? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> they go for you, Greg. <laughs> I have had a see, I had, there have been a lot of statements made in the park, though. You see a lot of people wearing, you know, like pride colors and stuff. There's definitely Excellent. statements being, I would say there's statements being made by patrons as much as Disney. Oh, super. I'm glad to hear that. It's a, a power and to the also like, and then there's also like rebel flags in the park too. So it's a nice balance for the people. No way, rebel flags. <laughs> I don't know there if is. nice is the way to put it. Kidding. Like you know, there's Thank people you. that there's people on both sides in the park. I didn't want to make it seem like it's okay. I get you. And and uh, and and what's been the highlight? Did you go to Legoland and have them build a uh, a Lego Greg Cody figure? Hello. That was terrible. <laughs> well, did you? No. Okay, Christopher, you have the, has Graceland had a good time? That's all I want to know. Yeah, we we've crushed this uh, new fast pass system that they have. I've hardly waited in any lines. Wow! So excellent. Okay, that part that part's been great. All right, I, so I want you to close out the episode for us. All right, goodbye. <laughs> nice chat with you. Okay, see you. You've earned everything I'm paying you, and less. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> 
Uh, thanks, Izzy, for joining us, sitting in with us. I really appreciate it. Uh, no thanks to Christopher for uh, um, ignoring one call and then uh, giving us nothing on the second call. Nevertheless, uh, we've had a good time. It's been another award-winning episode. We just got the results in. We thank you. We will see you all next week. That kind of thing. Special guests coming on next week. Not that Izzy isn't, but mm. another special guest coming on next week, so stay tuned. That kind of thing. Greg, hang up the Zoom and go to the doctor now. I might. <laughs>